зарабатываем Hello, and welcome back to episode three of Female Fronted is not a genre, a mini-series brought to you by Arts Interrupted, the Michigan Daily's premier arts and culture podcast. In this episode, we're talking to Ray Forrester and Karen Ledford of Girlwood, a band self-described as two Kentucky Fried Queerdos wailing at you. As our most explicit, let me tell you about my dick, yet entertaining, someone like, in one of the most famous bands ever in punk music, came up to us and like, just mansplain the shit out of, like, female friend, female friend, female friend. That was, like, the only oh word God. he, he used. Episode yet, you're not going to want to miss out. You're gonna do what I so if you're new to this whole female-fronted is not a genre thing, and have not listened to our two previous episodes with Retirement Party and Bad Bad Hats, you might have a few questions about what we're talking about exactly. But no worries, Em and Will are going to give you the rundown. What do you mean when you say female-fronted is not a genre? Female-fronted is a term used to group together disparate bands based on the fact that they have a female vocalist or front person. This is inherently problematic because it reduces a band down to their gender. It's tokenizing, and frankly, it's just a lazy description. So what can we do to change this? Well, we don't know. Some bands don't even want to, as this label allows for the recognition of minority voices in a heavily white, male-dominated space. Yet, the majority are not down with it. By having these conversations, hopefully, we can get a more nuanced understanding of why this term is a precarious and offensive label to use. So welcome to the movement, maybe even the revolution, of this classification. Every episode, the Arts Interrupted team will chat with a working, non-male musician about their experience in the music scene and their personal viewpoint on the term female-fronted. So without further ado, here is Girlwood. songs titled Vaccines Made Me Gay and I'm Your Dad, it's no surprise Girlwood defines themselves as goofy. The band formed about two years ago in Louisville, Kentucky after drummer Karen Ledford joined guitarist slash vocalist Ray Forrester's solo effort. The duo has released two full-length albums, 2018's Daddy, an album that challenges social norms and taboo topics relating to sexuality and heteronormative social structures. And this year's I Sold My Soul to the Devil When I Was 12, an album with songs like Donald and Get Shot that touches on an array of issues like reproductive rights and gun violence. They're loud, chaotic, my pussy's in the way of my trunk, and they're angry. We'll let them tell you why. Girlwood, they made the music first and then made up a name for it afterwards, because before they came around, scream pop wasn't really a genre. 
The label seems to be mostly categorical, as the duo is mostly focused on just making the music they want to make. How did you know that um, scream punk or scream pop or punk was the type of music you wanted to make? And were you ever apprehensive to kind of break into this specific scene? We made the music first and then made up a name for it afterwards. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> that was Ray, by the way. I'm not sure if you know which who's who, but that was Ray. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And I am Karen. Hello, hello, I am Sam. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Sam. Hi. But yeah, like Ray said, I think um, the whole scream pop thing kind of came afterwards just because, like, if you look at the structuring of our songs, it is like, you know, your standard pop structure, but it, it definitely has, yeah, screaming to it. And scream pop. And also, like, the words pop punk, like, I think the words pop punk as a genre have been, like, uh, it, it's been, like, that's, like, a thing now. And um, uh, while I would say, like, our music could be pop hyphen punk. We don't fit in what the genre is that is pop punk. So I think scream pop definitely wraps it up better. In the punk community, there tends to be a certain definition of what real punk is, and it's a definition mostly upheld by men. This defining of categories has led to gatekeeping and exclusivity in the punk scene, which Girlwood is a part of. In their eyes, it boils down to the fact that people with specific or niche interests want to keep their interests niche and will exclude other voices to maintain that. Yes, I think there is a lot of pretentiousness in the subgenre labeling and the boxing up of bands. And yeah, I think it like I think there's a there is this gatekeepiness in punk music and it's honestly it's mostly the men who say like that's not real punk, this is real punk. It also happens in hardcore a lot. It happens right. in a lot of heavier alternative things because you know, it's already this, like, niche thing, and people in niche things like to have this exclusionary feel of, like, well, we're not the mainstream, and I'm going to define it as this, and whatever you define it as, well, that's wrong, because it's not mm -hmm. what I said is punk. So I think putting ourselves, like, on a label that, like, I, I, I use, like, the hashtag punk. If you look at our Instagram for hashtags, I put... Hashtag punk because we are a punk band, but I do think right. that within labeling yourself, yes, there's a lot of pretentiousness, and I think we kind of wanted to, to make sure we weren't categorized with all of that nonsense. As we just heard, Growwood has never been a band that willingly confines to pre-designated labels. So when it comes to the term female-fronted, it should come as no surprise that they're not down with it. However, the duo does welcome the term queercore a general categorization of alternative punk music that explores themes of prejudice and deals with issues such as sexual identity and gender identity. The difference here is queercore defines the content of the music, whereas the female-fronted description says nothing about the actual sounds, but just tokenizes who it comes from. In a very similar way that we were talking about, um, how female-fronted is being thrown around, um, I've noticed a bit of apprehension from you guys, maybe maybe not apprehension, we can talk about it, from being deemed as queer core. Um, is that something you kind of are pushing back against or do you embrace it more? So yeah, female fronted is a genre is a joke. It also ignores the rest of the band. Like, I'm right, like, exactly. cool, you have a girl singer. Like, it's like forcefully trying to be woke and tokenizing at the same time. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. Like totally. Definitely an attempt to be woke. Um, yeah, dude, I totally agree with that.
sure. But yeah, as a drummer, I'm just like, okay, cool. So, um, like, so what? Your vocalist is this. That doesn't tell me anything. No, this is okay. Um, yeah, that doesn't tell me anything about your band. Like, right. you're a girl singer. Okay, cool. What next? That's like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I play music. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's the rest of your band? Do? Well, they're girls, so it's like, um, right. yeah, it tells me nothing. I think, like, mentioning queercore, so I mentioned the word hashtag earlier. Right. I think it's really important to put yourself out there to where your audience can find you through keywords, specifically when we're living in the day and age of the Internet. So I think words like, I think the word queercore is unlike female-fronted as a genre because queer people want to find other queer artists. You know, you want to you want to find like you want to find your people, and I think queercore is like it's not a um, genre-defining term. It's it's really just like you know, you're a queer band, you sing about queer issues, and if you can relate to that, then if you search queercore, you're going to find it. If you search mm-hmm. female-fronted, I mean. What does that even mean? Like, right? It means boobs. Yeah, it means titties. It means I like boobs. <laughs> uh, I'm woke. Yeah. So I, I yeah, think female friend band. Right. <laughs> you did. Yeah, I think I think it is like really important to find out how to define yourself so your core audience can find you. And I think hashtags is great for that. But yeah, I, I think there's this like there's a line and there's some balance. In a strange twist of punk rock fate. It seems that even those who are actively involved in the allegedly progressive punk scene are not free from relegating its members to a demeaning label. Even in contexts where members of the community are interested in helping out others, it's much easier to regurgitate half-baked opinions about women in punk than it is to sit down and understand what bands like Girlwood and others that we featured on the podcast are actually looking for. There's a difference between ignorance, stupidity, and outright malicious intent, but in this context, the three lead to the same result, diminishment and misunderstanding. Like we were in LA the other day, and I'm not gonna name drop who it was. Oh, I was about to name drop if you weren't. I don't uh, I don't know if we should. But someone like in one of the most famous bands ever in punk music came up to us and like just mansplained the shit out of like female friend, female friend, female friend. That was like the only oh word he used. It was CJ Ramon from the Ramones, and he sat there and mansplained female fronted music <laughs> and why that's the future is female and that female fronted and that's the future. And he just wants to help all of them, but he just like sit there and like talked at us for like ten whole minutes. Couldn't even get a word in. Hey, bye, thanks. Couldn't even get a word in to be like, you know, like. He's like, hi, my name is Ray. I think it was the most that happened. He's like, oh, you're in a band. I'm in a band. And he's like, went on and on. I was like, oh, oh you got titties and you're in a band. Let oh, me tell sweet. you about female friends. Let me tell you about my dick. And, like, I really do think that, like, like that, for example, I think was, you know, the like, the difference between ignorance and stupidity. One mm-hmm. is, you know, maybe he just, maybe he thinks he has really good intentions. And because he was saying, like, yeah, I want to help out all these, the female friend genre, the female friend bands. And he was really excited. I mean, so excited that we couldn't get a word in. Mm-hmm. But um, so I think he, you know, I think a lot of people, they just need someone to be like, hey, like, you think that you're doing this great justice yeah. towards um, women and femme identifying people, but really you're, right. you're, you're boxing it up and you're kind of tokenizing and. And, yeah. and like, and Loki kind of like, of it, on top of it. yeah, you're mansplaining and like, you're tokenizing and you're like, 
you know, it's kind of close to like fetishizing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like the situation with CJ Ramon, the members of Girlwood constantly, if not daily, found themselves being talked down to by men and working professionals. People would suggest how they should play their instruments or run their business. Sometimes this is well-intentioned, sometimes this is malicious, but it's always annoying. That being said, Girlwood definitely isn't afraid to tell assholes how it's done, and they'll take names when it comes to expressing their beliefs. I could tell you every single day about a new experience. Right. <laughs> I mean, like every day? Every oh, every day. Every day, fuck yeah. Every show. Every show, every day, I have at least two experiences, if I talk to people, if I go out in public. Even if I don't, honestly, with the amount of emails I respond to, I still experience it at least twice a day, every day. Yeah, like, um, like, um, a, a man coming up after our son being like, wow, man, like, I didn't know girls could shred like that. And it's like, <laughs> wow, you didn't realize that half of the population has the ability to play a musical instrument. Wow, this must be a really big day for you. Sorry, my titties <laughs> are so big, I can't do anything. My titties? I just don't know how to do it. I just need your help. My pussy's in the way of my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, sometimes yes, the never. comments are very benevolent, and sometimes the comments are malicious, absolutely malicious. Um, mm -hmm. And that comes all the way down to, like, even, like, the last show we played. Like, we played at, like, a really hoity-toity, fancy, like, uh, garden party in LA with like a bunch of like famous people and we were about to play one of the stage coordinators I don't think he was a stage coordinator himself but he was like oh whatever he kept following us around and talking to us and he would not stop telling us what we need to do for ourselves oh, including have two big men with us at all times and you should just do this and you should do that and like everyone to tell, to tell you that you're not doing a good job or that you should or shouldn't do. And there are much people that have no idea what the fuck you're doing. And they only want to tell you that because they're men and they're being helpful and they know what's right. <laughs> and they're just lending a helping hand. It's like, no, bitch, you're my fucking way. This you're is my, my job. Way. Get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. Um, like, I, right. Oh, can I carry that for you? It's like, this is my fucking job. Move, <laughs> Move right. right now. Like, fuck. And that's, that same guy came up, like, the first thing he said was like, you guys are from Kentucky? Oh, we got to talk politics. He's like, Mitch McConnell. Oh, no. And I was like, yes, Mitch McConnell. We fucking hate him. All of Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky fucking hates him and chases right. him out of restaurants. And he's like, he's like, well, I mean, y'all could be doing more. You could be doing more. Like, Kentucky needs to do more. Like, you guys are doing enough. I'm like, well, I was like, well fuck you, dude. Like, is, what the fuck are you doing? Are you yeah. fucking arm wrestling Trump right now or something? Yeah. Like, I mean, it is, it, is also, it is also proven that Kentucky has the most corrupt local government in the entire nation. Yeah, like, that's sorry. That's not like a fucking, that's not a fucking conspiracy theory. No, that's, that's, like, that's, that's, that's a, a fact. That is a Harvard study that was done in the last few years that Kentucky has the number one most corrupt state government due to the amount of embezzlement. Yeah, and he pretty, pretty much is like, no, it's your fault. You can change that. And I was like, all right, dude, whatever. See the poll. I'm like, dude, I vote. Yeah. <laughs> I vote. Yeah. So fuck you. I vote. So. And we write some just somewhat socially active music. So yeah. fuck you, dude. So that's just another example of somebody telling you that he knows what you need to do better than you do. And he didn't even, right. he doesn't even know who the fuck you are. It's like, hey, you're successful. Let me tell you everything you're doing wrong. Like, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I experienced. I can't tell you how many people have wanted to be our manager. And as a, to pitch themselves as our manager, they tell us that we suck. 
or that our organization skills are poor. Or I show them my calendar app that I use and all of the organizational tabs that I have in it, and they're like, well, see, this isn't sustainable. And you guys really suck, and you know what you're doing. That's why you should hire me. It's like, oh, right. you ain't going to win us like, like that. I'm sorry. I'm doing really good right now in my life, and that's the only reason you're even approaching me. So exactly. Right. Clap. Exactly. Clap. And you're putting um, together and clap. <laughs> <laughs> The band's songwriting process is also quite different from that of a typical band. With completely improvised lyrics, they use humor and bits that are intrinsically political to express themselves and cope with the times that we all live in. These jokes are more than they appear and serve two purposes. The first simply being to raise the spirits of everyone involved. It can appear that everyone is always on edge at these times and they can use humor to alleviate some of this stress. The second is that they serve a satirical, political motive because most of their jokes have a political tinge to them, and the jokes can serve as a vehicle for change. Kind of going off about what you said about writing about um, politically driven, um, writing politically driven lyrics, um, you're credited for writing them more in spur of the moment improvised settings, but at times they hold these salient lyrics about sexuality, female subversion. How do these ideas kind of manifest in the like improv scene or in the improv moment? Being silly as hell. Yeah. We're, we got a, I think, a sense of humor is, like, dark and real. <laughs> yeah, and me and Ray, like, satirical. I mean, if you see the two of us, like, all day long, we're just, like, making each other, like, laugh to tears. And, like, I don't think anyone else will, like, like we'll hang out with other bands and they're like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> you know, I think I maybe we come off again. as, like, obnoxious because we think things like, like, put your pussies in the air. Clap them together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, sense of humor, I think, is what I, it really keeps us going because, I mean, these are dark times. And if you can't <laughs> kind of laugh about it, like, vaccines made me gay. We would, like, ordered Pizza Hut and, like, slapped each other in the face and ran around giggling, eating pizza. <laughs> and then we were just like, hee-hee, vaccines made me gay. Like, <laughs> just Love utter it. sarcasm and yeah. crudeness. Although they don't plan to be overtly political, their existence is political because they don't fit within the norms of society. Coining themselves the queer Beavis and Butthead, their existence is a fuck you to the status quo. They are not expressly making music to counteract the norms. But just by making music and succeeding and having fun, that makes them a political force. Their identity is not what drives their songwriting process, but because they have these identities, their music reflects them. Yeah, and in the same kind of vein, um, you write, some bands try not to be like overtly political, overtly political. You write more with sarcasm and dry wit. Is this a stylistic choice to be more subdued? because you think it translates better than being completely candid, or is it just manifesting from, like, the types of personalities you guys have? So the topics and themes that we choose, we don't choose consciously because we're like, this is really woke thing to say. Let's right. Say and we're not trying to be overtly political. The thing is, is that because we are not white men and we are not cis-het, um, we... Our, our existence happens to be political right now. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. I write music as a stream of consciousness and we're really silly we're like a we're like a queer beavis and butthead honestly um and uh so when we sit there and joke about these things they're usually really really fucked up things but the best way for us to talk about it is is through laughing you know what i mean and uh they come out yeah and that's how the that's how the songs come out but i don't write things on purpose for those reasons you know writing music mm -hmm. is like how i make a diary you know right it's how i talk about my frustrations in the world and 
and my frustrations in myself, um, and I make music for myself. You know, I don't care if people like it. The fact that people do is lovely. I'm I'm mm-hmm. amazed that my personal experience and feelings resonate with other people enough that like a career is happening out of it. But please don't ever confuse that with the motive for why we're doing right. what we're doing. At their core, Girlwood is DIY, and they've observed how the DIY scene can operate. As mentioned before, there is a level of gatekeeping and pretentiousness in just about any music community you encounter. But there is also optimism as the DIY and punk scenes shift from being completely white, male-dominated. Is there exclusiveness in the DIY community? Is that the yep. question? That is the question. It depends on where you are and what group of people, because... I don't see that a whole lot here, but I know that's a really hardcore thing in a lot of other bigger cities. Sure. Which I think there are, and I think within cities, um, unfortunately, there's always different music scenes because music is always segregated. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have, like, the punk scene, the hardcore scene, the this and that. And, um, Another one? Sure. Butter. Um, and, I, and I think with that, um, yeah, I think certain scenes and certain genres, like we talked about earlier, punk and hardcore tend to have a lot of this gatekeepingness. And since punk and hardcore are, they're more DIY than they are mainstream, by all right. means. So, of course, that that follows and that goes hand in hand. Um, but I do think, I do think times are changing. I think punk and hardcore are becoming less male-dominated, less yeah. um, white-dominated. And, of course, they're they're both evolving, and, yeah, I think we're definitely seeing a lot of progress, but we have so long of a way to go. Yeah, I know a lot of people have a weird, I know that there's, like, culturally, there's, like, a weird thing with pop punk and a weird thing with folk punk, and honestly, I don't really know or care why, like, that's not my business, and that's not where I get my goat, so that's not something I would talk or think about, but really, I guess from all that, I would I would draw and say is that haters gonna hate, like, and... You gotta, you gotta let them. You know what I mean? If somebody's gonna have a bad day, you let them. In the past, DIY genres like punk rose to popularity through the voices and imagery of white guys denouncing the socioeconomic trends of their day. While this was revolutionary at the time, punk slash DIY became typified by this white male perspective and sound, resulting in the marginalization of other voices. This status quo has been so ingrained that to many, Including others in the genre means putting them in their own little box where they can operate outside of real punk. However, these genres are not sacred, and the themes and emotions that characterize them are universal for everyone, not just white dudes. Rather than become a victim of tokenization, punk, hardcore, DIY, and all genres like this need to recognize the common ground upon which every member stands, and use that common ground to propel the genres to where they belong in the present. In what ways do you think maybe um, the messages of punk songs, scream pop, whatever it be, have changed by having these different range of voices within them? Um, so you're looking at a, a group that has essentially like risen to fame. Uh, these genres have like essentially like risen to fame through the voices and imagery of white guys being like, Fuck the system. I don't need right. to get our day. I hate capitalism, uh-huh. blah, blah. And for, like, back in that time and era, those are really progressive people and those are really progressive thoughts. However, mm-hmm. we're at a point where that has aged, where that is the status quo. And now the status quo and people that speak against it are not that, um, are not that group or sect of people anymore. Um, and there's a lot of struggle I'm seeing with that beginning to change. Like Karen mentioned, for example, like, 
Um, I know this isn't true for everywhere, but in Louisville, our hardcore scene, um, there is like a really nice pocket of it that is moving away from being white, white men that are like, yeah, say whatever the fuck you want. It's about being abrasive and pissing off the status quo, and it's more like people of color and queer people and not male people. However, that doesn't change the fact that it's like still super toxic, toxically right. masculine and super like bro-y culture and super, um, yeah, this is like tasty butter. I'm going to do a lot. Yay. You can butter my bread any day. Mm. Butter my bread. Sorry, green <laughs> butter bread. Right now. Um, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, but that still doesn't change like the whole gatekeepy attitude or like the whole right. like boys club aspect of it. You know what I mean? And I, I think you could say that for any group. No, I'm not trying to target hardcore or anything like that. Actually, Ren, I don't remember what brought it up, but I said the other day, I feel like people who are outcasted, once they find their people, they're, they're always, there's always like a 50-50 shot. They're going to outcast others, or they're going to welcome everybody. Yeah, we work with kids, and you can see that with kids for sure. Like the bullied kids that are in a space with other kids that feel similar, either they turn into bullies themselves to bully other ones, or, yeah. Or they're really sweet, and they approach everyone else, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, punk and hardcore. These these genres are not sacred by any means. Mm-hmm. They they are very much attuned to all other um, negativities that we as humans deal with in social situations. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Female Fronted is Not a Genre. Special shout out to Ray and Karen of Girlwood for their insight into this conversation. As always, this episode has been brought to you by the newly awarded Michigan Daily Member of the Week, our executive producer, Sam Small. She may be small, but she is fierce. Our quirky content producers, Emily Ohl, Will Pedersen, and Max Rosenzweig. Our acapella boy audio producer, Spencer Harris. Our little audio engineer that could, Ryan Cox. And our music is brought to you by the man, the myth, and the legend, Brad Chad Gerwin. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.